We are proud to announce a new sponsor for this podcast, Augie's Locker Room. Augie's Locker Room, which is located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, was named the best Notre Dame's collectible shop in the country. This shop is amazing. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, Augie's is the place to go. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind rock knee items. They have an exclusive Joe Montana signed items. If Augie's doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit Augie'sLockerRoom.com or stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. Augie'sLockerRoom.com or call 574-277-NDND. Hello, Notre Dame fans. Welcome in. I am Ashton Pollard from blueandgold.com here for our weekly live show with Mike Singer, our recruiting insider, as well as Tim Hyde, our football analyst. Mike, we'll start with you. How are you? I'm great. Good. Just realize how bad of a haircut I need, but um, otherwise doing okay. Too long. It's, yeah. Tim, what about you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I need a haircut, but I'm doing great. So life's all good. Oh, Tim, shut up. I don't, I got my hair cut in July, so it's good for a little while longer, I'd say. the most handsome mofo I I know, and he's talking about, oh, I need a haircut. Shut up, Tim. I got grays. I've been listening to all of uh, Singer's recruiting stuff. It's pulling the grays out in me. (laughs) That in the wide receiver room. Yes. Uh, Which we will get into in a second. Um, But first, if you are joining us on YouTube, make sure that you hit the subscribe button, hit the thumbs up. If you're listening back via podcast, leave us a nice review. Um, Only want five stars. Thank you very much. And um, before we jump into that stuff, Tim, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, a beer, 603. Shout out to 603 Brewery in New Hampshire. And because of our topic being one of them recruiting in Keon Keeley, I did a double of two Tigers. Cheers to those guys. <laughs> you should just take a shot like after every segment and just see. And then we can talk about Keon last and just see uh, what comes out of your mouth. That could be, oh, fun. Yeah. Could be a fun game. What, what, do, what does it say about us also drinking two Tigers whiskey? What does it say yes. about us drinking like, oh man, recruits, what high school kids are going to do. We got a drink over. What does that say about us, Tim? It doesn't say anything good. Yeah, exactly. 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 (laughs) Just want want some wins. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm not drinking, but I am mildly concerned about the recruiting situation, but we can get into that in a second. Um, All right. So we will start. We have kind of a mix. We have a mix of recruiting and team stuff. Obviously, fall camp is well underway at this point. Um, And there's been a lot of news coming out of that in the last couple of days. But we'll start with our normal first segment, the best thing that we saw this week related to Notre Dame. Tim, I will go to you first for this one. Sure. Just about two and a half hours ago, the uh, Notre Dame official uh, Twitter feed posted a a cool little uh, Lou Holtz video. So Holtz was on campus, met with the team and Anytime you get the old ball coach back there, I think that's pretty awesome. So I'm sure he told him some old Buckeye stories. People forget he was uh, the secondary coach when they won the national title in 68 with Woody Hayes. So I forgot old, yeah, some good old memories. Do we, do we want to watch the video? Sure. Why right, not? Notre, Notre Dame, please don't get mad at me. I'm just going to, I'm just going to let this thing rip. If you're listening to me, a podcast, this is from Notre Dame football. There, I covered us. Yeah. And, and this is Lou Holtz, <laughs> and he's just going to be talking and, and, and doing a little magic trick. It's awesome. 
just like any other newspaper. The front page, or people want to read the news. Mike, you've muted the whole stream. <laughs> Great work. People can say negative things. People can doubt you, but you can never doubt yourself. You must always believe that you are part of something special. That no matter what happens, people can't tear you down. They can't tear you down. No matter what happens, when you have a faith in the belief, I usually send you with a phone book for that yoga. But if you have a faith in the belief, you'll find a way. But if I would make a big bench out the night before a game, and then say, I really truly believe in a thing of magic. How did he do that? Anyone I don't know. He he's, he's been doing that forever, forever. It was at a coaching clinic in the mid nineties at Notre Dame when they first started him. And uh, he did that for all the coaches. It was awesome. So but, uh, if he's been doing it, do you know how he does it? No, I've never asked him. <laughs> right. Never asked him. But he's got a couple of videos. Obviously, Charlie Strong coached D-line for Holtz in the mid-90s. So there's a really cool video when Charlie Strong was the head coach at Texas of Holtz doing it a little bit longer and whatnot. Uh, his little speech he gave to Texas. So that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, it is pretty cool. He's sitting there ripping the thing up. And next thing you know, it's a perfect paper. But hey, that was the magic of Lou. Yeah, it seems like every day there's a new not even like person related to Notre Dame there like Larry Fitzgerald was there earlier this week who went to Pitt who you would think wouldn't be there and he was saying that it was hilarious he was saying that uh Notre Dame had like an unrivaled tradition which I'm sure Pitt fans didn't love shout out Pat Narduzzi who I'm sure didn't love that one well, but um he, yeah he every every day at practice what's up I'm sorry no I was gonna say, he played with Stucky right is that in in Arizona yeah, that's true. Yeah, he did. Okay. You're right. But yeah, I mean, I, I more meant the fact that he was like so high on Notre Dame specifically was like kind of shocking to me. I mean, you can come in and give a speech and just, you, you know, it was, yeah, I don't know. Say anything. Anyways, um, Mike, we will move over to you. I believe that you're someone already commented what yours is about to be. Yeah, I do want to con note real quick the always having someone new. What was in the spring? Um, uh, yo, Coach O was was that practice? I mean, there's just always. I'm loving all the characters. Yeah, I feel like under Kelly, it was just Kelly guys who showed up, and now you're getting all sorts of fun, correct? Fun folks. Okay. Uh, yeah, mine was. I, I can't play the video because I feel like that's something that ESPN would take down. Um, but you know, Eli Manning tweeting out a picture. Um, I, I mean, uh, I mean, come on. What is better than this? Just guys being yeah. dudes. Um, so the, this Eli places video where the Manning bros and Brady Quinn hung out with Marcus Freeman and some of the players, um, that I guess that's on ESPN plus right now. And it's pretty cool. It I, I went through this photo and there was like two guys that I could, I'm sorry for podcast audience. There's like two guys. I weren't sure who they were, who's in front of Foskey. And then, um, who's Eddie in front Shin of Billy Trouth? Yeah. That's Eddie Schindler. 
is in front of Foskey. I assume you're not talking about Kane Barong because Kane Barong yeah, is also kind Kane? of. Who's to Kane's left? Yeah, that's Eddie. Um, Shidler. Sh- Isn't he doing the? He, he's doing those videos. The yeah, he's doing the get to know coaches. He's a safety, and his brother is actually a wide receiver, walk on wide receiver who went. They both went to Lake Forest, which is where Tommy Reese went to high school. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, that's who that know? is. Who was the other one, Mike? The guy in the black shirt next to Kane. Black shirt next to Kane. like like the- split top it top it top is navy, bottom's white. There's a, there's a guy right behind Kane Barong and Lorenzo Styles. Oh, that's. I don't know who wait. it is. Wait, that's that's Eddie. Well, yeah. then who's the guy in the hoodie, the blue hoodie with Kane? You said in front of Foskey. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that I I don't know. I don't know who that. I is. said the guy in front of Foskey, and then the guy in front of Shrouth. I, I didn't hear the Shrouth part. I don't know who's in front of Shrouth. In front of Foskey is Eddie. Okay. I only know him from those videos they've been posting, which have been pretty good. The, yeah, the I mean, it's a, that's a great group of guys. Glad my boy Steve Angeli got in there. A little sad Joe Walt wasn't invited. Or, you know, maybe he was busy <laughs> just being awesome or had to meet with the board of the, you know, Joe Walt fan club. But, there uh, you go. Yeah. So, all right. You're all right. done. Your turn, Ashton. You're done. <laughs> um, So mine is just, okay, so today, and we might get into this a little bit, but today we met with... I thought it was Deland. Apparently it's Deland. Is that, is mm. that how they say it? Yeah. So that, okay. okay. So coach Deland McCullough, who is the running backs coach. And we got to talk with Chris Tyree, Audric Esme, Dron Payne and Logan Diggs. So all of the running backs that presumably will play at some point this season, obviously Jadarian Price is out with an Achilles injury, but um, I kind of went in and my, like, you, you go into these things with some story ideas, and then you also just kind of pick up what they say along the way. But I went in and I wanted to know about Audric Estime, just, like, who he is off the field. Because he gets this – obviously, he has that, like, bulldozer body, goal line back. That's all obvious. But then he's also – has really good feet, has really good hands, and he's also just, like, hilariously funny. Like, I think he probably has, like, the loudest in a good way personality on the team. And so I just – I asked all of them point blank, like, who is Audric Estime? Got some really good answers. Chris Tyree literally just looked at me and goes, I will never meet another person like Audric Estime. Um, Mike just popped up on the screen. You can see it if you're on YouTube. But for our podcast audience, um, we we asked McCullough about him and he just responded, beautiful guy, but violent. <laughs> um, Jabron Payne just kind of laughed at me at first and was like, I, I, I think... I asked him on and off the field because he's new. So I was like, how, like, what is, what is Audrey Estime showing you so far on and off field? He started with on was like, Oh, he's great. Quick, blah, blah, blah. And then he was just like, you know, he's uh, I forget the exact word that he used, but he was like, he's like, he's something he, he brings a lot to the table. And I was like, okay, understood. But um, I also talked with Audrey. He's hilarious. He's ready to go. He told, I believe Tyler Horka that he is a mixture of Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry and Zeke Elliott which if you were an NFL fan or a fan of any of those teams, um, those are all very good running backs. One of them won the Heisman. Um, So yeah, there's no shortage of confidence with that one. And I'm excited to see him and just honestly, the looks on the faces of the guys when I was just like, so who's Audric Estime was the best thing that I saw this week. So nice. All right. Um, We'll see. Seems like he's a sweet guy. (laughs) Audric, he is. He's hilarious. Um, Yes. All right. I got distracted by the comments. Sorry. 
We will now move, we'll stick with the team. We'll do recruiting later on in the show, but we're going to talk about the wide receiver news. So on Saturday morning, it broke that Avery Davis, who is a sixth year wide receiver, he came in as a quarterback, has played quarterback, running back, defensive back, and wide receiver over his five and a little bit years at Notre Dame, elected to come back after tearing his ACL in November against Navy. He tore his other ACL in practice. It was actually, um, it was a play designed for him that they were running. It was a jet sweep and he was super excited about it. The team was super excited about it. And he just planted his foot the wrong way and tore his ACL, which his November injury was also a non-contact uh, injury. So it's weird that he's just planted his feet the wrong way twice and ended up with two ACL tears. So first of all, Davis is great. And if you ask any of the coaches about him, they can't say enough good about him on and off the field. He will still heavily be involved as a leader on the team. That is for sure. But he's obviously not going to play this season, which is a bigger problem than it might maybe be in another wide receiver room because Notre Dame only has eight scholarship wideouts, including him. So you're not down to seven. And one of those is Tobias Merriweather, who's a true freshman. One of those is Joe Wilkins, who is coming off of a foot injury. One of those is Matt Slayerno, who's a former walk-on. So the numbers are the numbers are slim there. Um, I guess That's, I said uh, I said eight, but did you, did you mention Deion Colsey? What did you mention Deion Colsey? Was he? Oh, back no, I did not. I did not. Sorry, Deion Colsey has a PCL sprain. That too, but he should. That shouldn't be a. I, I I guess I mentioned Wilkins more because that's like he's been away from football for longer. Right. Yeah. Um. And so yeah. So that's a good segue into this because Colsey has a PCL sprain. Jaden Thomas today at practice was also working out. Um, he was in full pads, but he's on the bike, which we didn't really know exactly what to make of that. But um, yeah. So then this is a long winded way of saying they're in trouble there. They moved, <laughs> they moved safety Xavier Watts over to the wideout position, which he came in as a receiver. So he went receiver safety receiver, but um, I guess, yeah, I can just open it up to Tim. I'll, I'll go to you kind of, what was your initial reaction to the Davis news? And then any of the other names that I just brought up slash what they're going to do come September 3rd. Well, this is why you recruit two tight ends every year, I guess. Right. So you have a, <laughs> yeah. a stacked room somewhere. Uh, no, it was horrible. I mean, it was horrible news. You hear it because obviously team captain returning six, sixth year, all the things, you know, that have been already said about him and um, great teammate, great, you know, he, you know, heck of a football player is a heck of a, a guy to have in the room and all that stuff. And now he's going to be gone this year. So especially with a brand new starting quarterback, first time head coach, you need that, that old veteran guy presence in the locker room. So with him not going to be around, you know, I'm sure he'll be around, but when you're injured and all that, it's a lot different than obviously when you're, you're not playing in the game. So it was a bad break, but, um, you know, I, I saw that they moved Xavier Watts. And uh, you know what? He, you know, he uh, he didn't move, get, uh, get moved to safety till, uh halfway last season. So I think it's a Good smart point. move because he knows he knows the offense. He's been around. He's been in the system before. So he's a heck of an athlete. I love him at safety. He is violent and physical and fast as heck to the football. So I hope this is a move to get him on the field. And, um, and, and for Xavier's thing, he's, he should be – excited he's like why are freshmen and sophomores playing ahead of me so hopefully he has that mentality to go out there and, and uh work his tail off and get on that football field fast this season 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. This this was kind of a logical move. When this first broke, of course, the whole who might they move um, question started popping up. And we asked Marcus Freeman about this on Saturday morning. And he basically gave a non-answer. He was asked if moving a safety or moving a corner or utilizing tight ends, if any of those were options. And to which he answered, those are all options. So, uh, but I mean, yeah, Watts, Watts was the logical one. There are a couple of other uh, defensive backs that played wide receiver in high school that were really good wide receivers, but it's just kind of too late. Like Cam Hart, Brandon Joseph, both of those guys are really good receivers in high school. You can't move them from the defense. Um, so that didn't really make sense. This was kind of the most logical one if you were going to move someone over. Um, Mike, any thoughts either way on Davis or the room? Yeah, obviously you lose a neighbor. Davis terrible. Um, it, it, Watts made the most sense. I agree. Jaden Bellamy is the only other person I could think of yeah. that would make sense, but I mean, you, you're going to play Jaden Bellamy, you know, as a true freshman at receiver. He was a good receiver, but, you know, he I don't think he would be someone who you would call upon. He would literally just be a, a, a body. So that didn't make – Watts made a lot more sense. Like Tim yeah. mentioned, knows the program, um, has been in it. This is what his third season yeah. um, and, and knows the offense a good bit. So it makes a ton of sense, and he's a darn good receiver too. Notre Dame brought him in at receiver – with the idea of he could play defensive back, um, this being what he was in the 2020 class. Yeah. Um, so now we can't say that Notre Dame doesn't have any receivers left from 2019 or 2020. It's just 2019 because <laughs> now Watts is fair uh, point. Now yeah. Watts is back at receiver. So good job, Dell Alexander. Um, oh I'm God. I'm kidding, guys. Don't yeah. don't bring out the pitchforks. One thing I did want to mention: I was at practice um, last. What was it? Thursday? Was it Thursday? Something like that. Yes. This guy right here, Dion Colsey. You guys got to remember, I'm the recruiting guy of blue and gold. I don't – this is actually the first Notre Dame practice I've been to. I've been covering Notre Dame for three years. I don't live in South Bend. I go to high school practices. I go to high school football games. Like I I don't see the Notre Dame players a lot in person, but when I was in South Bend last week, Dion Colsey – was was probably the most like wow like I, I again I see most of the recruits Notre Dame signs in person and I hadn't seen him in what a year and a half two years and yeah. I was stunned at how big he's gotten almost six five two hundred eleven pounds um, I don't he's one of those like I don't care what you call him a, a flex tight end or a boundary receiver, whatever. He's just a darn good pass catcher. You put him in somewhere and you throw him the football. Like he looks, he even looked more confident, you know, than we saw him in games last year. He's definitely got bigger. Um, and um, I, I just love Deion Colsey. Great family too. Yolanda and Frank are my favorites. And um, <laughs> they pay you to say that. Just kidding. It was a joke. No, <laughs> but he's no. Now I'm going to get a call from the Alton Angeli family and be like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. But with the, you know, with the PCL, the, I mean, he's he's more than likely not going to play against Ohio State, correct? The same thing with so, Wilkins. It's like, so I was actually going to bring that up because somebody just typed in the comments word is Wilkins will be back for OSU. Um, uh, there has not been an answer, yeah. a, a definitive answer given on either one with. Colsey, I believe the verbiage was, quote, soon, do without what you will. That means a lot of things a lot of different, from a lot of different coaches. With Wilkins, Freeman was a little more definitive, but I think his tone maybe kind of set a, a little, um, that's the word I'm looking for, a little room for that to not happen. It was basically like, I think we expect him at this point because he's ahead of schedule. 
that being said, and Freeman's been saying this about all these guys that are coming back, Logan Diggs at the time, Avery Davis, when he said it, like, yeah, they, they might be cleared fully to go, but you can't go zero to 100 immediately. Yep. So yes, Wilkins is back. And that is massive news. Um, presumably Wilkins will be back. That is massive news. Um, maybe Colsey will be back. Um, but that being said, don't expect 85 snaps out of either one of those guys. I don't think that's just, no, again, I'm not an expert and I'm just, I'm relaying what Marcus Freeman said to us. So no, it's, it's game shape. I mean, those guys have, I mean, even Colsey, even if he is back during that week, he's been out a couple of weeks. I mean, Wilkins yeah. has been injured. It's, it's, it's getting ready to play a game. And, yeah. uh, that's and it's what, a game you know, against I, Ohio State. It's not like yeah. no offense to lower level programs, but actually McCullough brought this up today. He was like with Logan Diggs, we need him to be taking hits here yep. first because it's not fair right. to him or this program to send him out and have him get smacked by smacked around by the Ohio state, like defensive ends. Like that's not a very fun welcome back. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's the same. It's the same idea. Sorry, Tim, I interrupted you without reminding. No, me. no, no, no. I mean, you're right. It's, it's getting ready for a game. It's game shape. It's all those things. And it's like, Oh yeah. You know, he's cleared, you know, exactly what you said. Healthy. Sure. Wilkins. I keep hearing he's always running and he's always doing all the laps and, all the conditioning, you know, he's not, he's not out there banging people. He's not out there running, getting hits, doing all those things is different. So, and uh, it stinks with Colsey because obviously he was one of the young ones. We all expected to get out there and play now with a PCL. I mean, who knows how, you know, you know, when he's back with that. So you're, you're going into the, the horseshoe empty handed, but they got some amazing tight ends and you hate to see, you know, people like, Oh, tight ends. Those, those dudes are some athletes. I've seen some film of Holden stays and I'm like, like, like Mike is just talking about Colsey stays looks amazing. Stays <laughs> out there. a lot bigger than when I saw him last in oh. the fall rared. And yes, when I saw him for, when he was a junior high school, I was like, Holy crap, you're, you're bigger than I thought. And yeah, he's just gotten even bigger. Yeah. I, I, Bayless does not mess around when he gets these guys in. No, and, and Raritan with his height. And the, I mean, these guys are big dudes that are going to be matchup nightmares. I know they're not, you know, six, five, four, four, 40 wide receivers, but they're big dudes out there. And you, you know, even Michael Mayer, six, five, two sixty, you know, he's a corner is going to have to cover him when he's flexed out. That's still a matchup issue. So Notre Dame still has some weapons. So they just <laughs> knock on wood with styles and these guys now to survive these next couple of weeks is, is the big key. Yeah, no, I know. That's what Tyler Horka and I did a video um, that we posted up on YouTube a little earlier, just kind of running through practice. And I mentioned the concern, like if if you told me, okay, Styles is going to be healthy all year, Lindsay's going to be healthy okay. all year, Merriweather's going to take a big step, and they're not going to be injured, I would have been like, all right, like this could work. But now the error, the margin for error is so slim because yeah. if you lose Styles in particular that's going to be a problem to which I will, this remains, I guess this is a wide receiver question, but Tim, if using the wide receiver room that you have, and let's assume that Wilkins and Colsey can play a little bit at Ohio state, who are your starting three? Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one of a kind ring that you design at blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. 
Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Well, I mean, I mean, who are the three healthy? I mean, the healthy guys, right? You go I mean, who is it? Styles? You, I think you even have five to pick from. I don't know. Who do you want? Just well, do I the mean, exercise. I mean, styles I like... <laughs> well, the thing to say, you only have five to pick yeah, from. Yeah, exactly. Five. Five at the University of Notre Dame. It's like, don't get going on that. I mean, obviously, he's got to have Lindsay. He's got to be the wide side flanker. Thomas, your, your boundary your boundary receiver. And then are they going styles going to be the full-time slot? You're starting that- Jaden Thomas at Ohio state. Who else are you going to start? <laughs> Unless you're going 12 personnel, you know, but I keep going back to sometimes it's like Reese played with Tyler Eifert when he was flexed out all over the place. So, and they had Troy Nicholas at inline tight end. Are they going to do more of that? Are they going to have a true tight end in the box and Mayor are going to split out. If they're going, I'm, I'm saying straight 11 personnel. Yeah. It's, I mean, who is it? It's Thomas, Lindsey, Styles. Those are the only three. Because, I I mean, Wilkins is not going to be, I mean, Joe Colsey. Wilkins, Joe Colsey's Wilkins has had a handful of plays. Colsey's, Colsey's not the biggest be. question mark. Yeah, Colsey's the biggest question mark. And then, I mean, I mean, Salerno, you're not going to start him against Ohio State. Yeah, I really think if it if yeah. it is just that group. And then Mary, where the, you know, you know, Tobias is your rotation guy, right? In the in the boundary, it, it would have. It's going to be a lot of twelve personnel yes. or <laughs> heck, thirteen personnel, and you're throwing Eli Rare. If, if Eli's held, I don't know, putting him out. I'm here so, you for know, fourteen like, personnel. Yeah, fourteen <laughs> so personnel. The Ian, the Ian Book UNC like drone yep, shot. UNC. Yeah. If no. you're unfamiliar with us, when Notre Dame played UNC. UNC. That would have been 2020. Yeah, There's the like a game. above shot of 14 personnel. And it's just like the most beautiful Notre Dame thing I've ever seen. So many people sent it to me and they're like, this is so Notre Dame. It's not even funny. And it was, it was my computer background line. for a while. Fun yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah. It was beautiful. But it was um, one yard line. So my, that's, my thought yeah. is kind of like 14 personnel, but you know, with the a look of a 10 personnel or 11 personnel, you know, like that's, that's kind of my thought. Yeah. Well, Mayor, I mean, Mayor could easily play a slot all game long and just put him, you know, he could. He played, I forget the percentage, but it's like a significant portion of his snaps last year were in the slot. It's not like 10%. It's like up there. Like if you look at it and you're like, really? Yes. It's got to be about half. I mean, I was going to say like 45 for some reason is in my head, something like that. I've been rewatching a lot of games and he's out there all the time. He's not a inline blocking true tight end old school Mark Bavaro. No, he's. He's flexed out all over the place. Yeah. So can can Lindsay play boundary and you know styles to the Lindsay field? can't play boundary. He's like five eleven. Yeah, you know. I mean, hey, he hey, could. I just I don't, don't know that it's going to work with very you. well. <laughs> I don't have well, Ashton, well, I mean, Ashton's been at a handful of practices. I mean, obviously they're not showing everyone stuff, but it's like that's going back to the Fiesta Bowl. Is Chris Tyree going to be? a slot is he going to be a motion out of the backfield guy which gives you estimate as your true one back so 
Reese does have guys. Not like they're going in there with nobody. They do have they do have dudes. They've had a few injuries and it's knocked them out. But they but they're frontline guys. They still have some some elite football players out there. Ashton, have you guys got to see any like other than the first day Reese full practice? You got to see any like alignment? Not really. No. no. <laughs> Seen some one on ones, but not full. No. And isn't there a scrimmage tonight or tomorrow? And then you guys get to see him in t-shirts on Friday, something like that. I believe that is correct. I yeah. heard the rumor about the scrimmage tomorrow. So tomorrow we get Marcus Freeman only, okay. which typically is after a scrimmage, but I don't want to confirm or deny that tomorrow being Thursday, it's Wednesday night right mm-hmm. now. If you're listening back to this and then Friday, we get to watch the whole practice, but we only get to tape the first five periods, which is typically your stretches, your position drills, that sort of thing. So We'll get certainly to see some plays from scrimmage on Friday. We won't have film of them, but we can talk about them. Um, all right, cool. Before we move into our next topic, Mike, will you pop that ad up for us? So we have this book we're going to plug that you can pre-order if you're listening to this and you have kids. It's a, and I'm reading from this, um, this ad. If you're listening back to this, it's an officially licensed Notre Dame children's book, the perfect gift for Notre Dame alumni families and fans of all things Irish. It was inspired by Mike Brown, um, who I believe was he the first black leprechaun at Notre Dame. I don't know if he was the first, but he was one of them. Um, so that's a cool angle as well. Make sure you buy that, uh, pre-order it. Sorry. Um, and it will be out this fall. Mike, will you pull that back down for me? All right. It's tough. Thank you. All right. We are sticking with the team. This was the other big news this weekend. Tyler Buckner was formally named the starting quarterback. It's kind of what we were all thinking. Um, although I did, Drew Pine was making me think about it a little bit um, in the first couple of practices. Why is that? Why? Yeah. I mean, I not think about actually naming him the starter, but like I kind of thought we'd go in and it would be abundantly clear, but they were splitting reps like pretty evenly for a while there, both making good plays. Um, I don't I never, I mean, if you would ask me, I had to pick a week ago, I still would have said Buckner, but Pine looked good. Anyways, regardless, um, Buckner will be the starter. He is a true sophomore, played in 10 games last year. The obvious kind of difference between the two is Buckner is your true dual threat quarterback, can use his legs. All of that. So, Tim, I will toss it over to you. I assume you weren't shocked by this news, but kind of what did you think when you heard it? I was excited. I was really excited that they they got it out of the way. They had given him a couple weeks of knowing he's the guy, which I'm yeah. sure he even knew the first week of camp because he's out there with the ones, taking tons of ones reps and and doing all those things, especially the spring he had. But, um, no, I was I was excited. You know, as, as me and Mike did a video – I'm a California guy. So anytime there's a California quarterback in Notre Dame, I'm excited. And uh, there's been there's been a lot of great ones over the years. So I'm hoping Tyler comes in there and uh, dominates these these next few years. And uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm just excited because I think he's just so dynamic with the football. Yeah. And like I said, I've gone back, watched a lot of games from last year, rewatched a lot of Buckner stuff just to get a feel for him. And he just brings so much to the table. I, you know, I'm, re- I'm really excited. You know, I wish he had Marshall. To uh, <laughs> to get the nerves out and not Columbus, Ohio, but hey, you're going to Notre Dame, so expect to play the big boys. Here you go. He has kind of on that topic. I forget the exact question that Tommy Reese was asked on Saturday when we talked with Freeman, Reese, and Buckner, but um, Reese basically brought up the fact that he has played in some hostile environments. Like he went in. 
Virginia Tech is not Ohio State, whatever. But like, it's not like he's only taken garbage time yeah. snaps, right. handed the ball off against a bad group of five team when the score is 48 nothing. Like, he's played in some legitimate situations. And granted, it was often for certain reasons. It was a lot of running, obviously. So, yeah, you have that. But Reese pushed back on the idea of putting someone completely inexperienced in that spot. So I kind of get what he's point. saying. I get what he's saying. Um, I mean, also, again, he has not started a game at Ohio State. That is a different thing. But, you know, Mike, you just popped Drew Pine up on the screen. Do you have comments on Drew Pine? <laughs> no, I, 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 Tim and I have talked about this a lot. I, I think whether it's due to Buckner, um, knock on wood, getting injured or Buckner maybe having erratic play, I think Drew Pine is going to, you know, he's, a very important player on, on this football team. It's it's not a situation where it's uh you know at least in my opinion where it's a QB one and that's just it. We're not going to see the second string unless you know he gets hurt. Like I I think that Pine could be you know like a relief pitcher. I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm crazy here and Tom Reese would you know say as much, but I I just think that we're going to see Drew Pine play in some football games this year. Um. I think with Buckner, it's it, there, there's going to be some really good moments, and I think there's going to be some really bad moments. I think the good will outweigh the bad. I think he's going to take a nice step forward from last season, which was a, a pretty good showing. As you know, a, a, a basically a wildcat quarterback who could throw a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to take a nice step forward, but guys, it's it's one man's opinion. It's going to be a lot of fun. And there's going to be a lot of pulling your hair out a little bit, uh, but it's it's going to be exciting. Yeah, real quick on the you know the relief pitcher, so to speak, with with Pine. I my my take on that, I would say no, just because we didn't see him last year after the Cincy game, and it, and there was probably times you could have gotten Pine in if if they wanted to. I. I don't think that I don't, you know, I don't think we'll see him unless there is an injury or Notre Dame's blowing someone out and they let him play the fourth quarter. I think with Buckner being a soft, this is my take with him being a sophomore, trying to build the future first time head football coach. I think he's going to roll with Buckner unless something happens. That's just my opinion because Pine played those two games and we never saw him again. I mean, we never saw him again the rest of the season. Well, you're so. not going to have a three quarterback system, you know. Like, yeah, it's only you know that, that's not. But, I, I agree. It's only if something happens, whether that be injury or ineffectiveness, they're not going to throw a pine out there just to give Buckner a rest. A rest. No, I hear you. Play him. I hear you. I think yeah. Uh, so I agree with you. It would be ineffectiveness or, or needing a spark, that kind of thing. No, I hear you. I hear you. But but then the whole yeah the whole spark thing is is interesting as well because. It's still Drew Pine. He's still a backup. I don't. I don't know. I you know he got in those two games last year because of you know injuries, right? Yeah. So injuries and uh, and whatnot. And I know they had the three quarterback thing, but they built. See, I, another thing, I'm a big Buckner guy. Is they built the plan for him. How many freshman quarterbacks in the country come in and they build a plan for him? So they wanted to get him on the field, knowing this was going to be his time. I mean, they didn't just sit back. You're the freshman. You learn. No, they built a plan on day one. We're getting this guy in the game no matter what. So I found that interesting with him last year. I did not expect him to play as much as he did. And and they got him in a ton. Like 
Ashton said, I had the USC game on from last year, you know, rewatching it. And SC scores back-to-back touchdowns. That game's 24-17, and Buckner's in on the game-winning drive to finish out the last couple plays. So um, they got him in there. That's the trust and confidence they had in on him. So it's going to be interesting. When he came out against Toledo in game two last year, no one was expecting. I mean, he didn't play a snap against Florida State. And then yep. all of a sudden he just has a drive. Um, yeah. So that was not something that was even discussed during the week leading up to it. Um, yeah. Just a side note there. You know. Yeah. I, to Tim's point, I went back cause I wrote the news story for when Buckner was named the starter. And I went back just to confirm that I had all the right stats and stuff. And um, I, I was going to say, like, if you had asked me to like re-guess how many games he appeared in last year, I was going to say six. I think it's 10. Like okay. that's a lot. That's like, yeah. Just the first and the last game he didn't play in, right? And then uh, uh, there would be 13. I forget the Wisconsin. other one. Yes, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Um, 10 to 13. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Austin Whalen, Mayor. This is off topic. Mayor Rain, uh, 55% in the slot. Okay. So over 50% yeah. in the slot. Um, if you just tuned in, we were talking about earlier using Mayor as a receiver, and that was a follow up. So thank right. you, Austin, for that stat. Austin, jump on PFF. Thanks for that, real quick. So. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I guess if I have to pick a side, I tend to side more with Tim. I think that I think that Buckner's the guy. I don't think like Marcus Freeman said. I've never been a part of a team that hasn't had two quarterbacks play at one point. If the second quarterback plays three snaps, that's two quarterbacks playing during the season. Like. Yeah, you're going to see Drew Pine at some point, but I just, barring Buckner does something to his ankle again or whatever, like, I just, I don't think you're really going to see Pine as much. That doesn't mean he's not valuable. And I think that, honestly, like, he has it in, like, an aura and a confidence about him that I think is critical to this team, regardless of if he's playing on the field or not. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think we're going to see primarily Buckner. They're going to roll with Buckner this year, next year. We'll see what happens after that. He's uh, on top of that uh, real quick. Uh, no, he is valuable times 10 to this football team. Uh, Pine. Drew, Drew Pine. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, if it, I mean, I know it's Mike's buddy, but Steve Angeli is not going to go out there and go lead Notre Dame to victory as a true freshman. It's, he's just not. So Pine we're, is we're, we're all the saying the same thing here. 12th man out we're there. We're freaking saying the same thing here. We're just. Yeah. I know. I was just adding a comment. Tomato, tomato. Fighting you no, no, yeah. Just just... Anyways, all right. Um, if again, if you just hopped on here, make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the thumbs up, drop us a super chat if you have a question that you want immediately answered. But until that happens, we're gonna switch gears and go into recruiting a little bit here. Um, there's a big name that has been rumored to be looking well has been looking around at other schools. There are rumors about whether or not he's going to remain with Notre Dame. Keon Keeley, the five-star edge out of the Tampa area. Um, Mike, could you pop his profile up? Perfect. There we go. So as you can see, the recruiting prediction machine still gives Notre Dame a slight lead at 51.5%. Mike is shaking his head, and there's a reason I said that in the tone that I did. Mike, what is the latest on this? I mean, I was just – I mean – I was just uh, in Florida this past weekend um, into Tuesday night. It's where my uh, my family's from and my wife's family. Like my mom's house is like 20 minutes from Keon Keeley's high school. And I couldn't get through to anybody there to go see practice. <laughs> I, you know, I, they know I'm the Notre Dame guy. And I don't think they really, uh, you know, were uh, wanting to uh, Notre Dame. It, it's, it's just not looking good. It, it, it's just not. 
um, Ashton. I'm, I don't know if you're saying a Hail Mary right now. That That's what you got to at this point. <laughs> I was not. But I'm crossing kinda... my hands if you're listening back to this. I was. This is just how I was sitting. No, I, I'm kind of accepting the fact that he's probably gone. I was just reading the information you put on the screen. That's why I said Notre Dame technically still is elite. I'm... Because they do, according to this metric. Uh-huh. However, um, Tim, save me. <laughs> It's, uh, I mean, he was the first commit in this class, correct, Mike? Yep. Yeah, and then you had Brendan Vernon with the next day or the, yeah, you know, they went one, two like that. Yep. If he's not in this class, it is a massive blow because the dude committed before he played his junior year. So he's been committed for a long time. So Notre Dame has not gone out there and, and recruited. I mean, they've had this front, their, their front four done for, I mean, since Washington basically got hired. So, you know, they, I mean, they've been ready to roll. I mean, you know, they went after, they got Houston. They're really aggressive with him, with Bubakar, obviously Keeley and Vernon were, you know, Elston guys. This is huge if he's not there. And um, it's going to be a huge blow because I'm always on the message boards chatting with a bunch of guys because the Viper spot, I don't know who's playing Viper next year. I mean, there are two guys are leaving and Adamiola and Foskey. So it's a huge hole. Because this is one true freshman that could come in and play on day one, and um, he's gonna go if he's gonna go to Alabama, or you know the Buckeyes are trying to get him. I've read, but you know I'm stunned the Gators aren't on him because they're like, are we, they're gonna let this guy go to Florida or Alabama? I'm surprised they're not jumping yeah. in on this thing. But yeah, um, I don't think he's that that interested. Yeah, 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 he's probably not. But uh, hey, he goes to Alabama. What does Alabama do? They just get dudes, man. They, I mean, they just restock and they just keep going. So it's a, it'd be a huge blow for Freeman because he was hired as a recruiting guy. And this is a guy committed to him as a deep C and he's gone. So huge blow. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what else Notre Dame really could have done here. Um, throw a big bag at him. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, they, They've worked their tails off. They've had them on campus several times. They have the the reader family connection. The Berkeley Prep is very Notre Dame friendly. The head coach there, who's actively involved in Keon's recruitment, is loves Notre Dame. I, I don't know. I don't know what else they could have done differently. Alabama's just it's Alabama, Alabama. and uh, kind of every hour that passes here that he hasn't announced his decommitment, it's kind of like a win for Notre Dame. It's just uh, more opportunities for them to keep calling and texting and. Um, and, and keep working. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's terrible news in that, you know, this is the type of player who Notre Dame needs to go win a national championship. My, my thing in football is you need a really good quarterback and then you got to protect your quarterback and go get the other quarterback and Keon Keeley go gets, goes and gets the quarterback better than anybody, any recruit you'll find. Um, you do have, a, a good D-line class coming along with them. And they're definitely, again, assuming Keeley does decommit, they're going to need to rebound and find another Viper. In this 2023 class, we've already seen them offer three guys um, since late July at the position. Um, but no Keeley's, you know? I mean, yeah. that, he's, he's, he's one of one. Um, so it stings, but they're, you know, if it's like Tim – kind of made the point of you know mark streaman head coach because he's a recruiting guy like notre dame is still recruiting at a higher level in a short sample size 
I think you can kind of look at it and say they're recruiting better than Brian Kelly ever did. You know, like this is Freeman's first recruiting class as head coach, and it's already rivaling Kelly's best, which was 2013. You know, it's 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 going to be they're going to be fairly close. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, just, I, I think give this thing some time. I do think NIL is is one of the worst things that could have happened to to Notre Dame recruiting because um, Notre Dame is just not going to throw the bag at kids like you know other schools might and. If, you know, I, I'm not saying that's the case with Keon Keeley, but like if that's a deciding factor for a kid, Notre Dame's not going to get that player. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So Rick, uh, real quick on that, you know, a- Ashton and I did a video, we were you know, when we were chatting a few weeks back about the blue chips. So if, if Keon Keeley doesn't show up, but I mean, what are they at? 23 commits. There's still 20 for 22 blue chips. Sure. They lost a freak. (laughs) They lost a dude that could come and play on day one. You know, he's going to go to Alabama and have eight others in front of him, so that he's going to go battle with it. Notre Dame, he'd come and play. So, but they still have, so they lose him. They're at 22. Their three stars are odding in a minute the safety out of Ohio. That's still 20 out of 22 blue chips. That's still a yeah. huge percentage. And they're going to go out and they're going to go, you know, as Mike knows, they're going to go pound the pavement and keep finding another DN or two. And the guys they've offered are some high end dudes. So, you know, if they don't get them, they got to go find another one. They, they have to go out there and go flip somebody is what they need to do. But let's say they end at 22. Let's say they don't get anybody else. And they end with 20 out of 22 blue chips. That's, that's crazy high percentage. And I'm a yeah. big believer in Notre Dame. As we talked last week, Notre Dame second class, all these head coaches, you go back, every head coach, their second class has always been better. And the way it's already kicked off in 24, they're going to, I mean, they're going to blow this class out of the water. I truly believe that, uh, you know, with, with recruiting, because there's so many good Midwestern guys that are already on and, and the guys down South in the St. Louis region that they're recruiting Mike's on. I mean, they're, their 24 recruiting is, is good. And they're on some elite players in Southern California in the Trinity League out there in the Orange County. What's that? Quarterback. And a quarterback. And CJ Carr, who's the best quarterback they've had since Clawson. So it's uh the 24 class. So if Keeley leaves, you know, you know, it stinks, all that stuff. They got some good dudes in this class, man. They really did. Yeah. No, they, I agree with that. They need a quarterback in this class. Uh, 
that it's a glaring hole who who and who and when it's like flip a coin on that but that's well let's talk about that down the road holy moly well mike they wouldn't really need one if steve angeli is the heisman winning quarterback that you think he's going to be because he can just hop in for a year and then you really don't need anyone in 23 so anyways um you're damn right ashton (laughs) Also, I want to clarify something. Someone put a comment in here about Notre Dame having a $9 billion endowment. You cannot use the endowment for NIL purposes. No, what you should say is you're not supposed to. That's true. Legal, I believe it's illegal. I, I don't think oh. you can. I, I oh. don't know. There There's some like stipulations about what the school... Yeah, I don't know. You Yes, Notre Dame has a lot of money. This is up to... Um, the alums listening to this, if you guys have money, you guys can start a collective. You guys, I, I keep hearing all these like, oh, they're going to pay Nico $8 million to go play at Tennessee. Y'all can pull your money. You can pay $8 million for someone to go to Notre Dame, in theory, technically speaking. So, yeah, yeah I got to comment on that. What, what, what you're saying is still kind of NIL, but I feel like what some of these schools are doing is just buying recruits, like straight up buying recruits. Yeah, but yeah, but if they're doing it in theory, Notre Dame people can do it. And and Marcus Marcus Freeman will sit up there and he'll say Notre Dame is not going to pay players. If Tim Hyde wants to go around and say, Hey, Keon, I'll give you two million dollars to play at Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman can't do a single thing about it because he's not allowed to be involved. So, like. I mean, yeah, I, I think a lot of these coaches are involved <laughs> and they are getting these deals done. Like not, they're not, as, supposed to. not as much as no, the, no, not. I don't think as much as people make it sound like they are. I think, I think they're like right. we, I'm using Nick Saban as an example. I don't know anything about what Nick Saban actually does. So this is just a name that I'm plugging in. I think Nick Saban's well aware of it. I don't think he discourages it, but at the end of the day, like somebody like Notre Dame alums have so much money. Alabama alums ha- like, statistically speaking, do not have as much money. Yes, they're outliers. No one come at me about that, blah, blah, blah. But like the state of Alabama is a relatively poor state and the alums out of Alabama tend to have a lower wage than, or whatever, than like Notre Dame has a lot of money. You guys can, you guys can pay (laughs) for all of this to happen. You just don't want to, and that's fine, but then you can't complain about it. That's my thought. Hold on. I I will say the Alabama alums, the guys that support the football program, they got cash. If you've, hey, I've been on that campus. But, that place is whatever they want in football, they get. Their football budget is double Notre Dame's. What? So I know it's a poor state, but when it comes to Alabama football, it's not poor. It's no, not but poor. yeah, but no, but people talk about. They say people talk about it. He's like, we can't match what Texas A and M has because Texas A and M alums are really, really wealthy because they're all in oil. Like that matters. But real quick, Saban. But Saban knows the exact dollar amount of what his guys earned last year. Cause he's mentioned it. He's mentioned they made, well, he doesn't know the exact dollar million. I don't know. I mean, don't quote me if it's 6 million, but I think he's mentioned 6 million. His players got exact. last year That's not for, exact. For, for one season. So he, you know, he knows exact dollar amount. And then I just want to say real quick before we jump off, this is, is the name image likeness stuff. All these guys that are getting these deals, are they even Notre Dame guys? No, I, I truly don't think Notre Dame, it's in the running for 99% of these guys. So it's like Notre Dame fans, why are we always stressing out like so-and-so is getting this much at AM or Oregon? Who cares? They're not coming to Notre Dame anyway. So why are you worried about so, so much of this stuff? And and the Notre Dame dudes are getting deals left and right. Look at Michael Mayer just logged on with Levi's and multiple other companies 
that I was reading about recently. So it, there's ways to make money and the guys are making money out there. So they're just not writing a check. Like Mike Singer just said, before you show up, here's two and a half million dollars. Yes, but you can, if you wanted to, is my point. All right, we'll move why, on. Yeah. Why, why put yourself in that situation? And I think sometimes Notre Dame is like, why do we want to get put in that situation? Well, Notre Dame's something's going to come. Something's going to come around full circle. Eventually it is. That is probably true. Um, all right. Last thing. So um, NBC announced that there will be a new team in their broadcast booth this fall. It is Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett, both of whom were at practice today. Um, there we go. Perfect. So this was written at the time it was reported as it has since been confirmed. I don't really know that I have like super strong feelings on this. I mean, I personally really like Mike Tirico. I've been a big proponent of the put Brady Quinn on the broadcast. If you want Notre Dame alum, it's Jack Collinsworth instead. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm a Giants fan and Jason Garrett ruined my offense. So I do hold that against him, but that technically is not connected to this. So we'll see how this works. Those are my thoughts that are not great because I don't really have an opinion. Tim, what are your thoughts? Uh, even less of an opinion, to be honest cool. with you. I, I watch the games. I'm I'm charting plays. I got a yellow pad. I'm taking notes. I've always done that forever. I'm not, you know, I'll be honest with you. I there, There's sometimes I'm not focusing on the announcers. Other, I'm watching the game. So it's, uh, I mean, people, though, have a big opinion on Notre Dame announcers and whatnot. And I'm like. They do. I don't get I'm it. I'm watching like- the game. I want them to win. So I'm, I'm watching the actual game. Sometimes I'm like. I, I tuned those guys out. I've even muted it and put the radio on because I love the radio guys. So Fair. Um, yeah, I don't get, I think, I mean, there are certainly comments that certain announcers have made that I'm like, that was anti Notre Dame, but this whole idea that everyone in the booth just like hates Notre Dame. I don't get it. I don't I see it. Maybe I need to pay more attention. Maybe I just don't really I'm, care. I'm I don't, people hate, people I hated Flutie, hated it. Yeah, like, Flutie was kind of the one the I was thinking about. I'm literally... <laughs> <laughs> the only time I'm really focusing on them is if they say something, if so-and-so's in injured or so-and-so's yeah. in the game, I'm, God, I, I've never, I've never been one to listen to them, you know, play by play and, and roll from there. So, Hey, I hope they're good. I, I'm dying like Garrett. It, uh, he seems like a, a dry towel. So I don't know how he's going to He's talk. really, really smart. He went to Princeton. So. Yeah, he, went to Princeton. he had the greatest job for what a decade, Troy Aikman's backup. So nothing better than that. It's true. Mike, do you have any thoughts? I completely disagree with everything you guys are saying. I'm about to rake you over the coal. I mean, this, I'm just kidding. This is, I I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why people are up in arms about this. You have a Notre Dame alum in the broadcast booth now, Jack Collinsworth. And think about Drew Brees. Where'd he go to college? Purdue. Notre Dame, Purdue. That's a rivalry, right? He called, didn't he call the Notre Dame, Purdue game too? Yeah. And, and and then Flutie, a Boston College guy, that's obviously rivalry. And and now we get Jason Garrett, a Princeton grad, like Ashton. I just, eh, I, I, he's he's. Think about this: Jason Garrett is going to be calling Notre Dame football games. That's it, right? He's going to be maybe involved in some NBC NFL coverage. But like, I th- that's a former Dallas Cowboys coach, which Dallas Cowboys is what the biggest sports franchise in our country. Yeah. So he goes from right. Just Dallas Cowboys to, to this job. 
right? No, he Giants. was the Giants' offensive coordinator. That's right. Which that's is right. why okay. I have a personal vendetta against right. him okay. for that issue. But so he goes from fine. Cowboys to New York Giants to calling Notre Dame game. I mean, not a bad gig. It's a, it's and it's a it's a big job. And Jason Garrett, I, he, that's a big name. He's a former Dallas Cowboys head coach. He wasn't great, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would like Tim Hyde um, in that role, but that means we'd lose him here at Blue and Gold. Um, but other than that, I mean, eh, yeah, Brady Quinn, obviously. Um, Brady Quinn is a good job. Like He would be amazing. I, I'm not just saying that. I, I'm saying that as a joke. So everyone's always like, "We wanted an indie person," and I actually own one of the um, Brady for the Booth mugs that Bridget Reynolds makes. If you follow her on Twitter, I believe she's just Bridget, but she was Bridget Go Irish, or is her username. Anyways, um, I was a fan of that, but like, I again, I'm not that torn up over this, yeah. but I do. I have a genuine question, Mike. Will you pop up Will C's last comment about homers on the screen? So this comment says. Because it's a Notre Dame broadcast, we want a homer. Collinsworth better be an ND homer. So, actual question, and I'm a Notre Dame fan. Hmm. Like, why do you want a homer? Like, don't you want to know? I, I understand if you don't want somebody who actively hates Notre Dame, but don't you want some sort of objectivity in your – maybe this is a joke. I don't know. I'm genuinely asking, like, I don't want that. Why? Tim, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, once again, it's about the game. It's about yeah. – does Notre Dame win or lose? Does Notre Dame, you know, blow a, a game against an unranked team? And, uh, you know, the Clemson yeah. game. We're watching the Clemson game for the Clemson game and the crowd noise. And that's me. I love watching the game loud, hearing the crowd, big games. Yeah, I don't – I mean, Notre Dame homer. I mean, if they lose in the Clemson, it's it's 32 to – you know, it's 32 to 6 in the fourth quarter because their defense is rocking. And who cares? If there's a homer, what's he going to say? Oh, the yeah. third string guy's in. Let's go. I, I, f- I feel like sometimes we, when we all agree on something like this, the majority of folks listening or watching are on the other side of this. Other They're side. like, no, screw Jason Garrett. So, like, we're, guys, we're just giving you, like, our opinion yes. on this. Remember, when Notre Dame plays USC, and I'm in, let, let's say I'm an NBC executive. we got Notre Dame, USC. Notre Dame's at home. Guess who also is going to be watching that games? A crap ton of USC fans, if, if those exist. They are not going to want to hear Notre Dame Homer on the broadcast. So it's not. And you have a ton of neutrals who are watching the game too. So it can't just be Notre Dame Homers on there. And I'm sure Jack Collinsworth is not going to, you know, cut himself and bleed blue and gold on the show. You know, he's not going to do that. Um, so... Yeah, this is a non-story. NBC is using, in my opinion, they're kind of using the Notre Dame broadcast booth to just like try guys out and then move them on to other gigs. You know, like that that kind of thing. Um, Notre Dame I'm football sure. serves as the launching pad for Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I'm that sure is like Garrett. that is the purpose of it. And I'm sorry if you're a Notre Dame fan and you don't like to hear that, but that is why they are there. They are you. <laughs> and again, well, I'm saying about- this is a Notre Dame fan. That is the. The B job to get the A job, which was Sunday Night Football. It's a tryout. It's a tryout. Yeah. And I'm sure Jason Garrett, will, this will be one or two year stops. Well, speaking yeah. of that, that's perfect what you guys are saying because the Big Ten is coming to NBC, correct? So, correct. you know, once that thing's finalized and officially announced. So there you go. They're trying out some guys for the Big Ten and whatnot. So, yeah, we'll that's a good point. From too. There. 
That is a good point as well. Um, I will end this with um, Josh, the motivational banker who's back and who we also think might be Ian Book. Um, It was not going to be that one. (laughs) It was not going to be that comment that I wanted. So the comment that Mike put up was about, uh, I wanted the Gus Johnson one. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I didn't specify. That's not on you. Um, Josh, I agree. If Gus Johnson called every Notre Dame game every week, I would die. His Wisconsin Chris Tyree kickoff return i will listen back to that like once a week and just like laugh like it is freaking hilarious and i would die if gus johnson joined the broadcast booth and with that i will end this unless you guys want to talk about gus johnson any comments he's made, he's made no, even that play i'm watching tyree score on a kickoff return i'm like oh okay i was actually at the game so i w- i didn't hear it live but i will watch it back and it's hilarious all right um anyways we will be oh, back Real yes. quick, since we're talking TV, over under 14.5 million for Ohio State viewership. Since we're talking TV, over under 14.5 million under. viewers. Under. I don't know really? Under? Yeah. Okay. I think. What would the normal game? I don't I don't know. What, well, the biggies, when it's a big early season, you're looking at 10, 12-ish. Some people are expecting. 15, yeah, that's why. I don't know. No, I would say, I would say like 10, 11. I think okay. is where that maxes out. I don't know. I look forward to it. I'm, I'm curious. What, the what is I'm, the other, what is the primetime game on ESPN that night? Oh. Like, what is it competing oh. with? Okay. I was going to say uh, by you, Brian, but that's Sunday night. Against yeah, that's Fly. Sunday night. I don't know. I, I don't know. That. Um, Maybe someone. No, no, no. They are the primetime game. They're the no, prime- but they're the primetime game on ABC. So ESPN will also have one, I believe. I don't know that. It won't matter that game. It won't matter that weekend because they have what? Clemson, or not Clemson, Georgia. Oh. Georgia, is Oregon it, earlier. Yeah. They're the 12th okay. park. Yeah. I guess on that note, I need to go look at the schedules. I've been so hyper-focused on Notre Dame, Ohio State. And, like, I know all the matchups because I'm excited, but I have no idea when all the times are slotted because I've just been focused on Notre Dame. Um, all right. We will be back next week. Before you hop off here, make sure you hit the thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel. Again, if you're listening back to this, leave us a review. Um, and then be on the lookout tomorrow, like I said, Earlier in this show, we get to talk to Marcus Freeman, Utah versus Florida. Thank you, Andrew. Um, that will be the matchup competing with Notre Dame. I don't think that's that big of a deal. You'll get some people that'll watch that. Anyways, regardless, I'm going to end this right now. Have a lovely night. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.